Lego. Lego. Hey everybody, welcome again to Back to Brick. I'm your host Garrett and today we're going to have another designer interview. And today we're going to be talking with James and James, I want to first, you know, welcome you to the channel. I, I'm really glad you uh, took up the opportunity to come on. Yeah, well, thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure. Oh, no worries. I, I really enjoy your work and I can't wait to talk about it. You know, for our listeners, just to get a basic understanding of who you are, just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what you like to build. Yeah, okay. So my name's James, James Pegram. It's an English name. And uh, I'm from England, uh, born and bred in London. I've um, moved out of the city uh, to the southwest to Devon, which is a lot more rural for me. So uh, that's where I'm living at the moment. My main interest really when it comes to Lego is building in history, which is um, for us here in the UK is uh, a massive period of time and uh, I, to be honest I enjoy all eras of history and they all have their own little quirks and peculiarities which are great to try and work through and model in and um, I'd say really my favourite eras around the Romans and the medieval periods I love building castles there and you have some excellent builds and you know it's going to be really cool to talk about some of this history because you know, you're right. Uh, England does have a pretty long history. Personifying it in Lego is uh, going to be it's pretty fun. Um, so we'll get we'll definitely get onto that. But first, I always ask the question, of course. Um, you know, uh, minifigures. We all know them. Do you have a minifigure that represents you, or if you haven't made one, what would it look like? I I did one once, and it was uh, as part of a field trip, as it happens, when I went with uh, a friend of mine to um, go over Hadrian's Wall, and uh, it kind of represented myself and, and my friend Dan, uh, and us kind of hiking over the hills. Uh, that's probably about the only time I've made a minifigure to represent myself. Um, so yeah, and, and to be fair, actually, just remembered I um, I was part of a, a a cycle ride to um, Billund, to the Lego house with Ferry Bricks in 2018. And Ferry Bricks put together a figure of each of uh, the four cyclists. So um, there was one of me. Um, so there's a limited number of those out and about, which people may well have. Oh, that's cool. Um, I, I've read about the, the bike to Billund. Um, mm. And uh, did you did you enjoy it? Oh, I loved it. Um, uh, cycling is one of my other hobbies and I've, I've enjoyed doing cycling over the years and it was a great opportunity to raise money for a very mm -hmm. valuable charity and also to spend some good time with some friends of mine which you don't always get to do you know eight days of cycling and I, and I love cycling as well so uh, you know three really good things in one go there and then, yeah and Lego so best of three different worlds all together for the cycling, uh, do you do it competitively or you just do it uh, for fun with friends? I, I do it for fun, to be honest. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just quite enjoy getting out on the bike. Uh, it's uh, very hilly down here in Devon. Uh, so I enjoy the challenges of climbing hills, which some people don't don't really understand. But um, yeah, I guess 
I guess I'm kind of a bit of a mountain goat when it comes to cycling and um, just the way my body's made lends itself to hills a bit better than others. So, uh, yeah, I, I just enjoy going out there, not, not competitive. Yeah, I, I'm going to put myself with the other people that don't understand why you would enjoy climbing <laughs> hills on a bike. Uh, yeah, I, I like riding bike leisurely. Uh, there's no speed biking or anything like that. And and as I know, England's pretty hilly, but um, you, you don't have mountains. Uh, so I guess that's no. that's a plus. <laughs> yeah, it, it's interesting because whilst we don't have mountains, um, I, I cycled Land's Ends to John O'Groats, which is like the furthest southwest to the furthest northeast. Mm -hmm. And um, when I got to Devon, which was after I'd done Scotland and most of the rest of the country. Devon was the worst um, just because of the, the incline, the, the pitch of the hills here. Um, they can go up to something like 20 degrees at, at times, um, and it just floors you, to be honest. But I, I enjoy the challenge. I don't know why, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, everyone, whatever floats your boat or, I guess, rides a bicycle. Uh <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite. But uh, and so you know, getting back to the Lego aspect of the mm. of it all, um, as you you know, as you said, you rode to Billund because you you enjoy Lego. Where do you think your your affinity or your journey with Lego started? At a very very young age, I was the youngest of three um, by some twelve and eleven years to brother and sister. So my brother had Lego. Um, guess i just grew up with it um he was a pretty good big brother as things go and he he would have played with me and made models and yeah he he, he got into engineering so he was doing technical drawings and, and he enjoyed bringing that into the lego which i guess i kind of picked up with him and we used to make models of warships um and he, he used to enjoy teaching me how to draw a scale drawing and we would then turn that into a model of some sort so very young age with him uh, and then i probably come to university age stopped doing it to a degree um not living at home living away from home you haven't got your bricks to hand still into it and I remember one day my friend who I was living with, he um he lived in Kent, which is in the southeast of England. Um we weren't that far away from Kent. He said, Oh, they've opened up a new Lego shop um down in a shopping centre called Blue Water. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time I'd heard of a Lego shop. So uh he kindly drove me down there and that's around the time Star Wars was coming out. Um so the old classic yellow figures in Star Wars. And yeah, I suppose that, that kind of just kept it bumping along. Um, finished university and got married within a couple of months of that and was able to move out of home. And I guess I kind of started getting into it then when I was able to spend more time in it, had my bricks with me again. And um, yeah, kind of kind of went on from there. So that would have been about 2004. Um, I didn't know much about the online community, strangely, at that time. It took me a few years to get into it. Um, so when I did learn about the online community and, and mock pages, um, 
yeah, was able to start sharing my work and seeing other people's work and started meeting people and yeah, just went on from there really. And yeah, I mean, in 2004, I don't even know if the online community was huge. I've, I've spoke with some people that yeah. talk about it, um, but it, it, it isn't like it is today, of course. No. And yeah, no. I mean, it, it's everywhere. Um, yeah. And with your, uh, you know, your designs, there some of you have are small and some are big. So mm -hmm. like, it definitely would take some time to to do that, and then you don't really realize that posting about it is uh, the other aspect that you could do with it. Yeah, things kind of evolves a bit. Um, you know, as you say about posting online, uh, um, that's quite an important part of it now for me just sharing it with people mm -hmm. yeah you it does take up a fair amount of time and interestingly writing about it for, for us at Brits of the past just sharing some history around what we're building um it, it's yeah that's quite quite an interesting process and you know, as you as you talk about Brick to the Past, which is your blog posts using your Legos to tell history, where mm. did your uh, like journey in, you know, we talked about the Lego journey, but like now history, what, what makes you so fascinated with all the historic aspects? Yeah, so I did GCSE uh, history, which is like your first exams here in the UK. Uh, mm hmm from there you go on to A-levels or, or equivalent and then to your degree level. So that's that's our structure of learning here. So I was always interested in history and I used to plague mum and dad to take me to castles. They quite honestly didn't take me to enough. Um, I've put right to that since. And I think along with the, the interest in castles in the medieval period, I had a bit of a, a quirky interest in, in Roman history. So around the time we got married a bit more freedom going out with with my wife and traveling the country um i picked up a book on roman britain and uh used to take her to all the lovely wonderful roman sites in the country um which in this country actually is pretty lame uh, most of them are <laughs> yeah mo most of them are just um a bit of rubble in the ground so my wife was like, what, what are we looking at here? Why are you dragging me around most of the country? You know, even on holidays and when we had children, I would pick up my book and find out what Roman sites were in the area. Um, yeah, so when we went to, to Spain and um, France, you know, to start seeing some proper Roman ruins, she, she started to understand a bit more about, about the Romans and uh, my fascination in them. So... Yeah, it was that it was that kind of link with my interest in the Romans that then started me to to build that in Lego, and um, I started to build this this British Romano town called uh, Pagnolveria, um, a made up name, uh, and that was probably like my first yeah first build that I did as an adult really. Um, so yeah. Yeah, and then from there it's just grown. It's just become a cycle. Um, I started to, to do a few British history scenes, and that was back in about 2012. Um, did things like the Great Fire of London and uh, the Gunpowder Plot 
Um, I don't know if you know of that in America, but that was around November fifth. That's the one. November the fifth of November. That's the one. Um, and I did a few other sort of British history ones, and then I, I had a friend because um, at the time I was still in London, and there's um, a group called London Apples, and my friend Richard Selby set that group up, and he used to uh, put some ideas across me. And Richard was into computers. And he said to me, if you thought of building um, the Colossus, and I went, the what? He said, the Colossus is like the first like major computer. So I'd never heard of it. And he said, well, look it up and, and see if you can build it. So I looked it up and I thought, yeah, it's quite interesting. Um, it's, it's a computer, which is huge compared to today's standards. It took up the size of a room. And it was used during World War II to um, help break codes. So, so I put it together and um, it, that just went crazy because I think it, it got um, posted by Brothers Brick and people were then looking at it from outside the Lego community and because it was computer related, um, somehow the, 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 there's a paper in London called The Metro and um, they got in contact with me and they wanted to do a, a small little article on me, which um, they did online which focused on my British history. So yeah, that, that kind of, that was sort of 2012, um, 13. And uh, kind of at the same time, I was working with uh, a local local friend called Barney, Barney Main. Um, we were displaying at a show in Swindon, in the southwest of England, um, doing a castle and talking to a few mates and said, why don't we, kind of come together as a bigger group and from that we uh, we formed brick to the past and we try to do something different every year which just opens up different periods of history all the time for us which is really interesting because it brings me to a, a greater understanding of the history of my own country sometimes how my country or our country being scotland wales and northern ireland has interacted elsewhere in the world so yeah, it's just this cycle of, of reading and learning and trying to sort of do that in, in Lego and recreate that and yeah, then kind of just doing it again and again, you know, reading, creating, writing the blogs, which is where it comes back to what you talked about a minute ago on the um, sharing of, of these creations. Um, and that, that's actually sometimes very interesting because you start writing the blog, blog and it's like, do you know what? I think I like to represent that that part of that history as well as what I've already done. So you then go make another model. Um, so, yeah, a bit of a circle there, really. And it has to be a challenge to do some of these. I mean, you're mm. you're talking with the medieval times the massive castles then you have the roman architecture then not only that you're studying the history of the events trying to you know get as accurate as possible because well yeah. you weren't there uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, yeah and then having to explain it in a way that's uh understandable to not be for people not to bore to be bored like they you should be able to um well, most people should realize that history is very important and they should want mm -hmm. to learn it because we continue to repeat it. Um, <laughs> very never true. learn from it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very true. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I, it, 
there's quite a few challenges, as you say, and I think sometimes it's case of we find this particularly with the larger scale displays that we we do as a group is that you can't necessarily represent something to scale or as it might have been um because to do that you'd need uncountable amount of lego um it might not look quite right if you were to do it um as it would have looked so you have to kind of make those compromises to catch a an event or a, a scene or something along that those lines um, so that when people look at it they know they can see it um, okay it might not be one-to-one -one scale it might not be in the right colors or the right figures but yeah you, you're kind of trying to just represent it so people can readily see it recognize it and then, and then kind of draw them into it and for these large builds you said that we build them because I was going to ask if you built them yourself, how many people usually work on some of these larger models? Like, for example, your um, Clattenburg Castle in uh, Normandy, France. Well, that that one I did on my own, actually. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's it's yeah. pretty impressive in itself. I was just asking because <laughs> there's there's quite a variant of size where you have some that are yeah. about that size, and then others are like three times the size. Yeah. Yeah, well, that one was for um, Classic Castle uh, competition a few years ago, and um, I'm not quite sure what was going on that day because I, I think I had a cold, but it was just like, I've got to get this castle built. And the family wanted Christmas dinner, and um, the room was just absolute chaos. I had bed sheets around the room <laughs> to try and take photographs. And it's like, where are we going to eat? And I said, I think we should go out. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of numbers, uh, it can vary from three, four, four of us. Um, I think the most we've had is eight or nine. It all depends on the theme, whether that captivates everyone's interest uh, and their personal circumstances. You know, things change in their lives. Uh, they have, you know, people have kids, work pressures, demands. So not everyone's able to do it every year. Um, so there's a, there's a core core three of us, and then you know the rest come and go as and when they're able to join us, which is you know it's great because it keeps that motivation, that interest going. They're not necessarily able to build with us, but they're they're chatting with us, looking at what we're doing, commenting on our work in progress photos, and just encouraging us to keep going. So it's a nice little group, and um, I think the different styles as well. It just just kind of blends together and just draws people to different aspects of what we've done different styles complements each other so i think it, you know we've we work well together as a group and I, enjoy, and I enjoy working with all of the team it is nice to have a core group like that e even if yeah. they're not always around it it as you said motivates you to continue to do other things and continue to like oh i i thought you know this would be a better way to build that section or maybe we should do it uh in this manner for water okay. instead of just doing tiles we just throw bricks in there to make it look like water and <laughs> yeah um yeah it's definitely nicer um variations of dynamic which give the the model even uh even that little subtle change or hint of uh ingenuity mm -hmm. definitely i think as well you know when when you're at a show you've got different people coming 
so those differences will attract different people. So some people might like one part, some might like another. Invariably, they like all of it and they like the differences in it. So it's, um, you know, you, you're displaying to a varied community of people and, and it draws them in as well. So, yeah, go for it. If you're not doing a, doing a collab, it's, um, it's worth looking into. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you have to get out of your own comfort zone because maybe you only like to build castles, but others like to build forest scenes or landscaping. And uh, just yeah. it, it makes it the variations uh, that much more creative to it. Yeah, and no, I definitely agree with that. And I think, you know, we did the medieval castle to Guelphur and then we went from that to Victorian era. And I'm not sure I would have chosen it, but no. <laughs> It was great because, you know, it was kind of street scene, that dirty London look that we were going for. And um, as you say, it, it, it pushes you out of your comfort zone to start exploring with different textures, different appearances. And, um, yeah, you know, you're not alone when you're doing that because you're working with other people. So you kind of got that spur to keep going and exploring and and you talk to each other as well. And that's I was going to bring that up like you know you might have an idea but is there are you the leader in the group or are you just like everybody's equal and that's why you would change and do different um areas of history just at a whim almost yeah well i i never see it as as any one person's more important than the others we're all all of great value um we all bring different attributes to the group and try and just draw everyone into it um you know, invariably, when you get groups of people, you're going to have some that have got more time and resources to be able to do it. You know, that doesn't make and, and the who has, Yeah, and who has the most bricks? Because it seems, uh, <laughs> seems uh, like you got to have a, a good few to do some of these things. Yeah, well, I, I would say Simon has the most bricks because Simon, from what I've understood from him he doesn't actually break up what he builds so i do um he doesn't so yeah he, he must have a massive <laughs> amount because i can afford to to not break it up <laughs> I, oh, I need yeah. to reuse it but yeah somehow he manages not to so I, i'd say simon's got the most bricks uh, <laughs> <laughs> must have good connections somewhere to do that because yeah it sounds expensive yeah, yeah. Well, his dad's into it as well, so his dad builds with him, and um, I think that might be part of it. But yeah, yeah. He's he's got quite a few uh, few um, sheds <laughs> in his garden. Um, uh, I think that's where it all is. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, some of these builds, uh, as we were talking about, are just major castles, but then others we just have smaller scenes, like mm. it's like what a forty-eight plate or 36 plates and where does that idea and like the process for doing some of those come from yeah so i think in time we've evolved from doing the collabs to trying to kind of share history on a daily basis if we can uh, so yeah building a collab every day of the sizes that we do is not going to happen <laughs> uh, as much as i would love to but um so I think the smaller builds just allow us to do the do those one-off scenes, which you know might be on this day. We do that um, quite.
quite a bit. Um, so yeah, that, that's where they come from. Uh, I suppose in a way it goes back to where I started when I started doing the kind of British history scenes and things like the Great Fire of London, um, which is actually built in front of a camera. Um, so if you were to, to kind of move the camera in any other direction and see a lot of gaps. Um, so it's not a, you know, if I wanted to, I could obviously build it all out of Lego, but you know, it's kind of like um, scenery for a, a show um, on a stage. Um, so when you look at it, it looks like Lego. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's probably, you know, we, we do the two and obviously this year has been a, a bit of a, bit of a blow with with social restrictions and all that's going on we would have been showing later on this month beginning of next month in october but with the show not happening um you know that the plans for that collaboration is is kind of being put over to next year um so in the meantime you know we want to keep keep looking at history keep sharing history and we're just doing smaller scenes um for the time being uh, yeah you kind of have to just adapt and overcome and yes yeah. and it's it's great because you have a lot of material technically maybe not the bricks <laughs> yeah. but the uh, historic material to to go off of yeah are you working on any specific uh timeline right now or are you just kind of jumping around to what is interesting well we're kind of, well i'm personally focusing quite a lot on the mayflower story uh which was going to be our collaboration for this year, with it being 400 years of the Mayflower leaving leaving Plymouth and then going across to um, the Plymouth Colony in, in America. So I'm still kind of in that at the moment, um, just building different scenes um, of, of the journey itself. And then I'm going to start getting into the time when the Pilgrim Fathers get to America and start building the colony there. So that's that's my kind of personal work. Um, what what I have been doing, I, I don't know how many people have seen what we've been doing on our blog, um, is we've been looking at the history behind that. And, you know, it wasn't just one day a group of Englishmen decided to get on a boat and sail to America. It was a whole, a lot of history behind it. Um, a lot of it was religious um, motivation that led them. So, yeah, I, I'm kind of reading around that and, um, you know, I've got more ideas and I've got time to build. So I'll probably be going back in history with some of that. We've kind of got up to, to Mary, um, the Reformation that was going on and how she went back to, to Roman Catholicism. So we've got a bit of a gap between Mary and um and when the separatists started meeting uh, and then went off to Holland. So there's a gap there that I want to fill. But yeah, probably jumping around as well in between that. Uh, certain things captivate me. Fancy going and building something different. Um, I have got quite a few different things kicking around at the moment. So yeah, got to finish them off. I was going to say with our history of the Mayflower, I, I mean, that's how they teach us. They just wanted to leave and they came here. Uh, <laughs> they're, yeah. they're just like, England's not fun anymore. We're going to, we're going to go. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, it is. You're right. I mean, I at least know most of the history 
of the religious persecution and the understanding mm -hmm. of why and how they left and uh, yes. the permissions granted and things of that nature. But it's a history not many people learn past like 10 years old in America. They, right. they kind of just move past it and like, oh, it happened. And now we have a lot of other things to learn, which is true. But you should still, you know, remember what what really happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Because uh, my understanding of it and, and the more I read and kind of watch documentaries is that it was kind of quite key in the philosophy and the ethos of what what the nation became. Um, which is why because there were other colonies, weren't there, in America before the Pilgrim Fathers came, but they weren't so successful. So, yeah, it's kind of the foundations of what your nation has become, really. It's the way I've understood it so far. Yeah, there's always more to learn, which is the great, great thing about history. Yeah, and it's the same as the history of England, where you were literally mm. just... Um, now, you can correct me, but as far as I remember bunch of barbarians that killed and destroyed the Roman Empire then took it for <laughs> themselves um, and, and built the nation that we know of as Britain now. <laughs> but isn't that always how the empires work? One usurps the next. There's so many things. And we're just talking about right now one, one culture, one country that mm -hmm. it, it, it's, it evolves over the thousands of years that it has has been part of it and that's yeah. the what's what's great is that you integrate the lego aspect into that you're not you know building and which a lot of people is still fine to build and create a story with lego you're just recreating a story mm -hmm. yeah um, that gives it that physical uh almost periscope or like um, a viewfinder into what what would have been happening yeah yeah and i think for me, yeah, I, you know, I've got got kind of ideas about maybe using it to teach kids because, um, you know, I've got two boys. They're they're now at senior school, so they're in their teenage years. But you know, take them back to their their little little years when they were small. If they would see something in Lego, I think it draws some draws kids into it. You know, they might see a fish and they they see the fish. They remember the Lego fish, which will represent you know someone fishing. Um, back in prehistory so they see the lego and they they recognize it so they can then kind of make that connection from from what they enjoy and what they like to history and it would help them understand it um because i'm not sure how history is taught elsewhere around the world and i think people try to do their best with it um i think lego's got that extra dimension where children readily identify with it um and we, we actually enjoy sometimes putting like easter eggs in our models you know something like well not quite this crazy but just as an example you know putting yoda somewhere in the model um because people know what yoda is and the kids see it and they like it so um you know if we're able to use something which kind of fits the scene makes that connection with kids um it just adds that extra dimension that helps them get drawn into it which it, it, it's good to know. And, you know, it shouldn't be just for kids either. It should be, mm -hmm. especially for anyone to learn the history. It'd be great to see just like, you know, if you did a panel of just one event in history, just in Lego that is in a museum, because then you can you can see it, uh, it evolve. And that's what I think you've painted 
the with your blogs and um mm. you know talking about your blog mm. did this evolve from your builds or did your the blog kind of start before the the builds yeah it's um it's it's evolved um so i i can't even remember when we started to focus on on our blog more um i think first few years we didn't even have a website so we thought well you know let's share what we're doing on our own website and we had a blog um kind of as part of that website um i'm not particularly it literate so others have taken up the mantle with that and from there it's kind of just evolved and i think with this year um that dan and myself have had circumstances in years gone by where we haven't had as much time where we've been able to to kind of chat and build and write blogs and um we've, we've slowly been building up you know a few scenes so that gives you a bit of momentum we're aware you know social media what it is if you get new followers they haven't necessarily seen your old material so you can reshare it and that that kind of if you add to it um we actually between us have a shared calendar um with historical events so we're kind of like oh this week right we've got a few that we've done in the past um so we're okay this week next week we haven't got anything okay well do you, do you think you could build that and it's like yeah no i can build that and sometimes we might look further afield um on the calendar and kind of just plan a bit further ahead and say like, right okay i'm just going to do a little series around around this so i think this year we've probably worked on that a bit more um and i think the response has been really encouraging people like like you were saying it's not just for kids you know we get a lot of adults really enjoying what we do and sharing what we we have put together and put online so it's encouraging that people are enjoying it and making that connection with it and um yeah if it helps other people learn from history and as you said earlier it's important to learn from history if we can do that and people can make their own or get their own lessons from it and that's great and we enjoy it as well so you know two things in one yeah two birds with one stone <laughs> very exactly, very right. cool yeah <laughs> <laughs> i uh i was just thinking about like you know uh, browsing through your posts you have all all parts of history here you've got mm. uh you know you've got roman history scottish history the tudors the some vikings world war one world war two iron yeah. age jacobites uh it's it's a it's a very broad and some of these i don't even know like i don't i don't know though i barely know my own history let alone <laughs> the history of england or china or <laughs> like anywhere and it's um it's a disservice to not know a lot of this stuff but it, there's just so much history to know and like i started yeah. thinking about like what other builds would i want to do like maybe <laughs> tell the real story of what pirates of the caribbean was where like yeah. how the british took uh, uh the caribbean and started the sugar production and all that yeah 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 and i think um you know some people have said to us you, you're kind of quite limited with what you do because you are just british and and i think there's some truth in that i suppose one other aspect of it is is you know, Britain has had quite an involvement in the rest of the world. And with doing doing the Pilgrim Father story, it's getting me interested in that early period of like 
colonial history in America and just understanding how that evolved. You know, I've read a few things which I, I haven't quite got my head around, but, um, you know, for example, when when people were colonising America and then Britain kind of went into civil war, you had people saying, no, we can't have the king as he is. We're, we're talking around King Charles the first time here, so middle 1600s the um the people living in america were actually more loyal to the king than people in england were and that's something i've read and i haven't quite got my head around it but i find that quite amazing really to think that you know the american british were more loyal to the king than the british british um and to think obviously what's happened but um it, yeah you once you start learning, for me anyway, it kind of it's like uh, a rabbit warren. You know, you want to go deeper and deeper and deeper and learn more and more about it, and you just kind of got more questions that you want to answer, so you don't get another book and read on it. Um, and as you say, you know, there's there's history there because there's more than one of us doing it, which you know I'm learning from my friends who who are doing their their kind of interest. You know, Dan's Dan's well, she lives in Scotland. You know, he's interested in the history of those two countries. So, um, yeah, we learn from each other for sure. Oh, definitely. And you'll continue to learn. And that what's mm -hmm. cool is it's not just you learning. We're learning at the same time. Um, yeah. And that's that's always the cool part. And, you know, we've definitely talked a lot about the history, but Lego does the exact same thing. And it gives you the mm -hmm. chance to physically show that history which gives i think a better understanding as i said before in the physical way but yeah you know and and as one of my final questions here is how how do you think lego has affected your life uh in the time that you've been you know using it to show history yeah that's that's a that's a very interesting question um at times i think it's been uh, a way of just unwinding um you know the pressures of work and day-to-day -day life it's it's a way of kind of just unwinding and, and escaping in a way from those pressures um so i think it's you know there, there's a very there's a, a great benefit of lego mentally to people um you know, I've, I've heard a few people talk about about the benefits of lego and how it helps them mentally so from a health point of view i think it's great um at times i think it can become a little bit obsessive um there can be a negative side to it um when we moved house my wife said to me you're not having the lego in the living room anymore <laughs> I was like, all right okay and i said we're gonna need a four bedroom house and she's like yeah okay then um so yeah i've got got my own lego space now so um <laughs> yeah it plays it plays quite a quite a key in the family's life, but um, you know I'd like to think that the benefits far outweigh the uh, the downsides to it. And I, I think it does. I mean, mm. we both would think it does, <laughs> but it's just you know explaining that to somebody else, which you know hopefully people can understand it, it from the historic side and and mm. from the Lego side of just uh, it's it's a better way to show that history. And, uh, you know, still have fun while doing it. Absolutely, yeah. I think generally um, people do get it, generally. Because um, I think people that are kind of into history and, and the like, uh, 
are able to kind of see beyond those stereotypical preconceived ideas that there goes for children. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> you know, they're open-minded and they enjoy seeing a medium. Used. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, James, I just want to, you know, thank you again for coming on. Uh, I really enjoyed <laughs> talking about, I mean, you could talk about Lego and history for a very, very long time. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but I, I hope our listeners got something out of it as well. And you know, to definitely check out your website and your Flickr, which I'll post in uh, our show notes here. But uh, again, this was really fun, and uh, you're always welcome back. And we'll definitely want to talk more history in the future. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. I, thank you again, James. This was really fun. Yeah, thank you very much. Been a pleasure to talk to you too. And I hope to talk to you again soon. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Yes, thank you. You too. And uh, yeah, carry on enjoying listening to your podcast. Well, thank you. And hopefully everybody out there that's still listening uh, enjoys <laughs> it as well. And we'll continue to listen. Uh, we've got a ton of great guests with uh, from the lineup here. Uh, stay tuned, everybody. Thank you again, James. Thank you. First, I just wanted to say thanks again to James for coming on the show. I had a great time talking about history and Lego. I'm a big history nerd and Lego nerd, so blending those two worlds together is always really fun. Make sure that you go and check out his Flickr page that I posted in the description, as well as his website, bricktothepast.com. And you can learn some history about the British, as well as seeing some awesome epic builds of these castle scenes and other things from out the history. If you're interested in coming on the podcast, make sure to reach out to me and subscribe to the podcast. It's going to be at Back2Brick2 on Instagram. And uh, I know this is Christmas week, so I wish everybody a happy holiday. And uh, we'll be coming back for our shortened back to brick bricking news on Friday, which is Christmas, just as a short update. So thank you all for listening, and I'll leave you as I always do. Get creative, get out there, and go build something. <laughs>